Hey, welcome back four from the road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. We got uh, we got tragic and we got no shame here from our uh, from our side as well. How you doing today, no shame? Hey, what's going on, man? Just fucking uh, just giggling, man. Just giggling, having a great day. How about you, tragic? You having a good one? Oh, always, man, always. Well, fucking giggles over here. So, uh, <laughs> for for those of you guys listening. Uh, you're, you're going to have no idea what the fuck I'm laughing about. And I'm sorry, I'm a child and I can't control myself. But uh, but yeah, like I said, we've got no shame here. Uh, no shame. Why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah, man. Uh, so I spent some time in the military. Um, that's, uh, that's kind of, that was kind of my introduction to the club life. Um, grew up in Washington, Northern California, and then back in Washington again, um, spent a little bit of time in uh, Texas when I was in the military. And then uh, something always keeps bringing me back to this cold, wet, shitty state of Washington. So that's where I'm at now. But uh, growing up, my dad was always into bikes. Um, never in a club, but rode all the time. Gave me my first bike, all that. But uh, yeah, being in the military, I remember being on a deployment and Two of my uh, brothers that I was living with had told me that they were uh, prospecting for this motorcycle club. And I'm just like, I don't know anything about that. Like, what the fuck's that all about, right? So I come back from that deployment, and then uh, my dad ends up giving me one of his bikes, um, old crotch rocket that he had. So I'm, like, zipping around on that thing. And I've been riding, you know, pretty much my whole life, but just, like, dirt bikes and stuff. And then I would take his bikes out for a spin but this was my first bike that was like my own so you know zipping around on that thing maybe a year after we get back or so and then i end up going down on the freeway over by my house and the one uh brother who was a prospect when we were on that deployment he was the motorcycle mentor for my unit so for those who aren't in the military a uh, motorcycle mentor is like the one if you have a motorcycle in the military or at least in the army you got to go through this one dude and go through all your safety training and they basically hold your hand like you're a fucking child and you got to like check in with him anytime you want to ride a fucking bike um so i go down and i'm like sitting there wearing fucking like not the right ppe that you're supposed to be wearing and all this shit my bikes i don't even think it was registered so I'm like, I'm so fucked, dude. I'm, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. So I call him up, and I'm like, bro, this is, like, the situation. Yada, yada, yada. And he's like, he's like, all right, I'm there. So he ends up pulling up in his truck, and uh, I'm sitting on the side of the road. Like, my knee's all bloody. My bike's all busted up. Can't even fucking turn it on. And he's like, well, fuck. We're going to have to put this thing in the back of the truck. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, how the fuck are we going to do that? Yeah, so he's got this fucking big-ass lifted F-350 that we can't even fucking can barely <laughs> even climb in, that motherfucker. So uh, he makes a phone call, and then uh, one of his brothers and uh, a prospect of theirs show up, and they got a motorcycle ramp and everything. You know, it's like, like I said, no experience in the club game at all. So I see him go up and, like, give them both hugs and shit, and I'm like, Oh, this this is what we do. We just hug people now. So I like go up to give the dude a fucking hug, and he like just looks at me like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, I'm like, like uh, hey, like, yeah, okay, hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they fucking we end up putting the ramp on the fucking truck. We're pushing the bike up, 
and I'm like sitting there struggling to get it in, and then I reach my arm back and elbow the fucking dude in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Known for five minutes, already tried to hug him. Now I got fucking elbowed him in the fucking face. So I'm like already feeling like complete dumbass. Don't know what the fuck's going on. Get the bike in the truck. He takes me back to my house. My girlfriend at the time was a nurse, so I didn't want to go to the hospital because I didn't want any records of this because I already thought I was getting in fucking trouble. But she ends up pulling all the rocks out of my knee. Long story short, I'm like, I got to figure out what this whole fucking club thing is about. So I knew it was a Harley only type deal. So two weeks later, I went out and bought a Harley. So now I'm sitting here just just riding it, you know, not actively pursuing the club life at all. I just wanted to be ready if the time ever came. Um, so the that same girl I was dating at the time, she's uh, super bougie, and I'm like really not. Like that's like the opposite of of how I'm 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 a degenerate and always have been, always will be. Yeah, but for some reason, what's that? Instead of looking at you, I couldn't tell you weren't bougie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so me and her didn't mesh really well, but she liked to do like bougie things with her fancy ass friends. And I think it was kind of like one of those, let me just show everybody that I can have like this rebel person in my life and like it all be cool. So we're supposed to go to this wedding you know, with some of her rich friends and shit. And I get a phone call and it's like, hey, we're having a party over at this house. You should come by. So I tell her, like, hey, sorry, I can't go to that wedding that we're supposed to go to. <laughs> She's like, what What do you mean? Like, you can't go to the wedding. I was like, yeah, I got this thing that I got to do last minute. So I completely bounced out on her, rode my bike down there. I had this little dyna at the time. And then uh, pull into this thing. It's just already full of dudes, you know, just fucking hanging out, kicking it. There's kids running around, families and shit. And I'm just sitting there, out of my element, don't know what the fuck's going on, but the kind of person that I am, I just, uh, I kind of observe anytime I'm in a new situation, I don't really say much, I just sit back, watch, pay attention to people's mannerisms, how they're talking to each other, and try to, like, figure out, you know, who's who in the situation, you know, what, what kind of what kind of dynamic they have going on there. And I'm sitting there watching these people, and it was just like like this real heavy like family bond you know you could tell without knowing anything about what i should be looking for in an mc it was everything that i saw that i would want in my life just in general you know people who were comfortable with their fucking kids around with their families around and shit and uh you know i'm sitting there at this this party and i don't know what my buddy had told these guys, but, you know, on a, a couple occasions, like, somebody pulled me to the side, and, like, hey, so, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to fucking hang around? Are you trying to, like, just see what this is about? Like, you know, what, what's your intentions here? And I'm like, I just didn't want to go to this bougie-ass wedding. I don't want to fucking come kick it. So, like, you know, um, it kind of went from there, man, and, uh, we were doing the, you know, the whole thing. I, they'd invite me out to some stuff. And I didn't, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just you know these these guys are kind of cool. They want me to come hang out with them. So, you know, I'll, I'll go hang out from time to time. You know, I started doing my research on it. Started figuring out uh, what the club was about. Um, 
but then you know you don't you don't really know until you know and that's like part of the whole thing about and i guess this kind of is bleeding into to the topic from from later but you know you, you have an idea from the outside looking in of you know what some people might call a one percent club or what some people might call an outlaw club and, and that idea is very uh, manipulated by the media and by uh by popular culture and shit like that so you know my research wasn't panning out with my expectation but i was judging it just based on what i was experiencing firsthand so they called me up uh one day in the middle of october and in the middle of october in washington the weather's pretty shitty and the mountain passes are even shittier but um nobody told me where we were going i just got a call that said meet us at this guy's house we're leaving at seven in the morning we're just gonna go for a little ride i said well, what are we going on a ride for and i said it's club business none of your fucking business I said okay so i'm on my dyna with no windscreen and i'm on, i'm in a fucking like light ass bomber jacket i was like sitting there like i'm gonna take the inner liner out because it's like not really comfortable and let me take this Wins the detachable windscreen off my bike because it doesn't look cool and all this shit. So I'm like, show up at the fucking house at seven in the morning. And they're like, that's all you got? I said, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, we're leaving. Somebody handed me a bandana and they're like, good fucking luck. And so I'm like, tie this shit around my fucking face. We go fucking four hours to the other side of the state in the middle of fucking October through like the fucking rain. It hailed, it fucking snowed. And I've got like $50 to my fucking name. So I'm like sitting here, don't know what the fuck is, how I'm going to fucking pull this off. None of it. I'm just like, I'm, I'm along for the ride. And we pull off at this point gas station and the fucking president of the chapter at the time, he goes, uh, hey, uh, pump my bike for me. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, fuck, dude, I don't got money for this and shit. But I'm like, whatever. I'm not going to fucking say what. So I put my fucking thing in, pay for his gas. And he's like. He's like, hey, you never got my card. And I was like, oh, I, I thought I just had to, like, put gas in your bike. I thought that was part of the fucking ticket to fucking come play. Like, you know? So, like, <laughs> so he ended up fucking buying my food later that day, ended up buying my gas on the way back and shit like that. And I never told anybody that I was, like, short on money or anything. He was just trying to, like, repay the favor. So, you know, I, I see this. You know, I, I see everything that happened when we went out to to take care of this thing like and i just see everybody how how they they came together and, and how they interacted and i just i just knew at that point that it was for me that it you know the whole time they were asking me like is this something you want to do i'm just like i don't i don't fucking know but that trip was like solidified like this is the life i want to be a part of um you know fast forward a little bit went through the hang around process uh, started the prospecting process, and then I ended up having another deployment, like mid mid prospecting. So my prospect time, you know, between that coming back, it ended up extending almost two years. You know, if you want to throw that deployment time in the middle of it, which you know, it doesn't necessarily count towards like I'm not sitting there, you know, busting my ass walking people to their fucking bikes and sweeping up floors and cleaning fucking trash bags and shit but you know 
getting that extra time in there to really evaluate like what do i want to do how to you know is this is this the right thing for me look into the history more read some more books you know it's it just made i made sure that this is what i wanted and this is the club i wanted to be in so uh yeah i became a full patch member of the chosen few motorcycle club started riding across country learning just more about mcs in general you know we're, we're kind of in a, a little fishbowl in washington it's it's like this sacred little mc retirement gem as some of us like to call it like nothing really happens up here it's really isolated and and we're kind of blocked off from the rest of the, especially in western washington you're like stuck behind two mountain passes so the moment the winter comes you're just you're stuck here but uh we don't experience a lot of stuff that the rest of the the world country experiences mc wise you know we're lucky enough to have fucking double d out here doing the motorcycle profiling project getting laws passed out here so i hear about some of you guys in california and your profiling stops and it's like foreign to me because you know luckily we have uh we're protected from that up here um so i thought it was really important that i'd you know get my miles in and start you know passing some state lines and really learning what this life is about so that was what i dedicated like my first year as a passion member i just wanted to hit every function i could no matter where it was just put miles on my bike and and get that knowledge um after about a few years of being in the club started moving up the ranks a little bit and uh started writing some uh, guest uh, articles for uh, the Suck a Free page. And that's where uh, Blade came to me when we were, I was down in LA one time and we were, it's kind of weird. Me and him, like, we're both the kind of people that don't go into the parties. We kind of just sit in the parking lot and drink. Um, but we never drank together. Like, I remember talking to him a couple times, like, after, like, you know, we'd have, like, a president's meeting or something and, like, you know, we'd be sitting outside, like, bitching about, like, whatever fucking politics got discussed or something like that. And then we'd go our separate ways, but we never really hung out. And there's this one time we were down in LA. My dad was, uh, you know, he, he came out to meet me and all this shit. And then, you know, Blade pulls me aside and he's like, I want to talk to you. And he's, he asked me about writing for the for the page. So that's how I uh, ended up coming on to Sucker Free. Did you and know there- he was writing for the page already? Yeah, I you know. Uh, he's, he was pretty open about his uh, involvement in the page. You know, anytime you'd really see a Chosen Few article on there, he'd, he'd tag his name. So I knew he was on there. Um, I knew he was on there while I was submitting guest articles. But it w- it never really was like a like an idea of mine. Like he actually had, had mentioned it before. And I was like, dude, what's like, like, what do I got to do? Like, well, you know. I'm not yeah. just going to jump on board of this thing. You know, we mentioned the commitment to it and everything like that. And, uh, you know, the, they, you know, they expected so many articles per week or whatever. And I was like, fuck, dude, I got like, I'm dealing yeah. with my chapter right now. My kids, I ended up just getting them to move back in with me. Like my life was pretty fucking hectic. And I think when he actually asked me to, to come on board, I was like on this like MC sabbatical thing where I like was like, kind of one foot in one foot out because i'd given so much of my life to the club for so long that i ended up needing to take a step back and like really get the rest of my shit together 
so I was in this weird transition when I actually came on staff and it really, uh, being, I guess, not in, I guess I'm gonna say in the presence, but like, obviously it's all digital. We're all, we're all across the country, but being in the presence of, of a lot of like-minded people, a lot of people that were from varying, you know, walks of life in the MC world that kind of reinvigorated me and like really sparked my passion again for, for really giving it all for, uh, for the club. And, you know, it, it helped me to, to learn how to balance the life a little bit better. And, you know, I was writing for the page for about a year and then, uh, yeah, it was weird. I don't know which they like to call it an exodus, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't they, know. Called the split, the exodus. Yeah, the little split happened, and uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, man. Mom, mom, and dad split up, and dad got us in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know what? I just want to say th- uh, thanks for coming with, because like I said, there was a, a minute where I didn't know if you were going to come with us onto the next page, and uh, I, like I told Punk Rock before we started uh, recording, man, I was like, man, I'm glad he did, because. You know, you got that that extra wit, and you usually can throw a, a where there's sometimes more of an emotional response from some of our writers. You kind of sit back and and really come out of things from a, a more intellectual level, or at least a, a more uh, mature emotional level. Sometimes I feel like, which is ironic considering they call you no shame. <laughs> Man, like that, that that's part of like just my life experience. You know, being in the in the military and everything, there was a, a point in time where I wasn't handling emotion and, and stress and all that shit. Like, you know, especially after like the first deployment, I got back from Afghanistan in 2011 and I just fucking was off the fucking deep end, dude, drinking all the fucking time, you know, partying all the time. Couldn't handle a fucking marriage to save my fucking life, even though I was giving it my best, but that shit went to the shitter, which thankful for now but you know i learned uh to never address anything in an emotional state you know and that and that's like one of the reasons I, I deal with things the way that i do is because i never like to have a conversation with somebody that's driven by emotion so part of me staying on that page was to really see it play out like even though with all the stuff that happened i didn't agree with it you know i, I try to to look at what somebody else did and, and kind of apply some sort of justification to it. You know, you know, why did they feel like they had to say something like that? Like, why do they feel like they had to do it this way? And, uh, you know, I, I fully understood why everybody else left when they did, you know, it's, and it, I never once like thought like, Oh, these guys are fucking stupid or, you know, they're, they're, they're quitters or anything like that because the levity of what happened, you know, it's, it's, it's something that somebody could take very personally. And, you know, and the loyalties that are formed in this group that we have, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're real, you know, you, you know, regardless, we're not, not all of us are in the same, I think just me and Blade are the only ones in the same club. So none of us are in the same fucking club. You know, we're, we don't live next to each other, but there, there's this trust and this camaraderie. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of advice that's given, a lot of, uh, counsel that's being sought, you know, and, and just random everyday conversation that, 
you can't discount that. So when somebody attacks somebody, you know, overtly or, you know, subliminally that you feel a kinship to, what the fuck do you, you expect is going to happen? So yeah. when everybody left, it was like, I'm not fucking surprised. I don't blame them. You know, I just, I wish I didn't have this fucking, like, overwhelming need to be like loyal and see something through because I would have loved to have left with you guys. It was just something in me that said like, you know, you started this, like you owe it your best shot to, to try and finish it. Yeah. And, I, and I, I know me personally, none of us felt like, I don't think anybody just for any of the listeners, anybody that left didn't feel like everybody else needed to follow, but man, did it feel good knowing that they did. You know, kind of just the we've mentioned it before. Uh, Blade mentioned it on the previous episode where he said, you know, this last batch of riders for them, we did have, uh, you know, we were gelling is what he said. He said we really meshed well. Our senses of humor, you know, played off each other. Our viewpoints played off each other. Even if we had a different take on it, we could, you know, get along and you can get it from almost like a, almost like in a movie where you have, you know, each kind of character niche, you know, you almost have that with our writers group of, of who's this kind of cat, who's this kind of cat. And, and it reinforces and plays off one another and uh, everybody gives each other a lot of respect. Um, so that was, that's, that was honestly, when I was leaving, uh, I was afraid that we were going to lose that. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. That was one of my biggest fears as well Is like, Fuck, dude, all these dudes left, like, those are my homies, dude. Like, so I talk to you guys, like, more than I talk to a lot of people in my own club. Yeah. So it was, like, you know, it was, it was a little heartbreaking when it happened. You know, so I'm just, I'm glad it, it came together again the way it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was, uh, you know, and that was, <clears throat> I think you and I talked about it a little bit when you hit me up, kind of just like, hey, man, like, I'm getting this vibe like with with everybody in the in this chat room and you know like i told you because like we had the like the dudes room for sucker free we had our our podcast chat room so we weren't you know blowing up everybody's phone for stuff that you know for the show Mm -hmm. and you know we were just kind of venting and trying to doing the same thing almost kind of trying to justify what was going on but then you know, it, it was mostly Andar and Tragic. They were just kind of like, they look at me and just, come, bro, really? Like, come <laughs> on. You're, you're trying to find the good people here. Don't do that. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're looking too deep. Yeah. Uh, but no, that was one of the things that we, we discussed is like, hey, look, like, I don't want to stop writing. I want to, I want to keep this going. Um, you know, so we started slowly kind of like doing that on, on the page when it was just four of us. And then, and then when it like, it was it's almost like the dam burst, you know, like everybody was just exactly like, what happened. <laughs> it, it took it took the editor in chief to say I'm fucking done with this, and uh, and the quick scan of the uh, the uh, virtual reality room of well I'm not taking that spot, <laughs> you know, and then everybody's like me neither, I'm not fucking doing this anymore, and fucking boom, you got what you got. I mean, and that was like that was actually one of the first things that like you know there, there was a a culmination of things that happened, which really like led to me ultimately leaving that page. Um, and the, the first thing that like really like hit me like the wrong way was me and blade were still on there. 
you know, when when, when this event happened, because I hit him up, and like you know, like you said, I, I come with like a witty sarcasm to shit, you know, especially if I don't want to actively deal with it emotionally <laughs> at the time. So, you know, uh, like the moment it happened, I hit Blade up on the side, and I was like. You know, sarcastically, like, so congratulations on your promotion. And he's like, he's like, nah, I don't know, man. Because, you know, for those that don't know, he's, uh, he's been on the, he has the most seniority on the page, you know, for, I think, probably other than Silent that had it at the time, you know. And then, uh, he, uh, he's like, you know, what, what are your, what are your thoughts? And I was like, well, fuck, dude, like, I've been through worse shit than this. Like, I'm going to try and see it through. I'm going to see, like, what we can salvage out of this. See if we can, like, you know, make amends. Maybe I could talk to the dude. Maybe maybe we can get some of these guys to come back. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, let's see how it plays out. And then I go back into the group chat. And I get this, like, everybody welcome our new editor-in-chief. Yada, yada, yada from this. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, you, you like... All these guys with seniority on the staff, like there was still a few people that were left in there. You got one guy that's been with you for five years, and now you want me to like take notes from this dude that I've never even fucking heard of before. When yeah. like we were just having this conversation with the dude like the week before about just bringing people onto staff randomly without consulting anybody. Like we share a lot of like personal information on that on that group, you know, and mm-hmm. especially being in. The sucker free MC side, we were, we weren't divulging all of our identities or you know like what clubs we were in and stuff like that. And I can speak for myself personally. The the reason I wasn't doing that is because I wasn't comfortable tying my name, like autonomously to whatever was put out on that page, just because of like the wild off the wall shit that would come out on there sometimes. Like, okay, I could take that for me. But I'm not tying my club to some of the shit that you put out there because you're not going to embarrass my fucking club. So the reason I can do that on four for the road is because there's this trust established, you know, and then there's this nobody's going to do anything that's going to jeopardize anybody else in this page. Nobody's going to to put out any information that's completely off the wall is it's made by people who are, you know, respected in this game and people that have, you know, the credentials to back up what they're saying. So do we all agree on everything all the time? No, but we're all respectful towards each other. Oh, yeah. And that's the difference. So I wasn't going to tie my name to that fucking page. But <laughs> not like that. Like you, you get red leg one percenter and then no shame as the fucking the easy way out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're definitely glad to have you aboard. Um, I, I appreciate the articles you write. Um, which always give a, a good introspective uh, to it. Um, so I guess what we should probably do is we were talking about um, going over some of the questions that people have been shooting us in the inbox. Um, and we got one from a, a Callie Smith who I thought, well, I don't know, it might be a woman, it might be a dude, it might be a shared account, who knows. Um, but they wanted us to do a show on uh, – Please do a show on what it is to be a one percent or what it means to each of you uh, and elaborate on why or why not if that you can be a one percenter with or without being in a club. So since we got you on here, 
I'd like to see what uh, what you have to say about as far as you know for you. What does it mean to be a one percenter, and uh, can you be a one percenter without a one percent club? This is actually like a weird topic for me, and and I've wrote about it in the past too, to where uh, the moniker of one percenter is is not something that I necessarily label myself, um, and I, I've made it clear before that. The reason I wrote under Red Leg One Percenter on the page is purely because of how my club is viewed to the community, how it's viewed to law enforcement. You know, everybody else will tell us that we're a one percent club. You know, so I don't want people to read my articles and think that it comes from anything other than that type of perspective. Because then, you know, I tell somebody, like, yeah, go do this. And they're sitting there in a mom and pop club and they try the same shit. And now it's like, okay, you're in some pretty deep water. How the fuck do you get out? Fuck you, Red Lake. Why'd you tell me to do that shit? Exactly. Uh I've had to do the same thing where I've started, guys have asked questions. And I'm, you know, coming from that perspective. And I start to say, like, well, fucking tell them what's up. Like, go, you know what? And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're coming from a completely different perspective. And so that's why I stopped answering so many of those questions in there because I was like, I don't want to get someone in trouble. Yeah. No, and I, you know, so it's it's just, it's never been something that I've needed to have. You know, and like, like I said, like when I came into this world, I didn't know shit. Like I just happenstance, you know, found myself with this club. And these were the people that I decided that I wanted to call brothers on a chapter level, you know, and then once that journey kind of unfolded at the chapter level and becoming like a full patch member of this club, then I started to really realize the levity of, of what I was involved in. And, uh, you, you rise, you rise to that occasion. Um, you know, luckily I was groomed and taught by some really, really good people in the game. And, uh, you know, I'm involved in a club that has a rich, full history, but that history, you know, never included a patch with a diamond with a one percent in it. You know, the the history behind our diamond is, you know, it says in the diamond, "Give none, take none." You know, we we don't go around giving people shit. We're not gonna sit around here trying to play patch police with you. We're not gonna fucking play any of these fucking politics games. But just leave us the fuck alone, and if you fuck with me or my brothers, well, you're gonna feel the full strength of, of what I have coming behind it. You know, my diamond has a fist in it, and that fist is made up of all different colors to represent the unity within our chapter of, or, or of my club of being an integrated club. You know, and I'm not telling you anything you can't Google, but you go on there, and you know, it's, it's the first integrated outlaw club in the country. So, you know, we, we, I say we as, as my club, I wasn't around the fucking 60s and 70s, but, you know, those brothers put in the work for my club to be respected on the level that it is today. Um, and they put that diamond on because nobody wanted us to have a fucking diamond. So we slapped that thing on the wrong side of our fucking chest, according to everybody else, and anybody that wanted to take it off, they got to deal with it. So most people, they rock their diamond over their heart. Chosen fused diamonds on the right side. Um, but, I mean, you know, that was, that's what it was, you know. 
if you got a problem with me, you got a problem with my brothers, then we can handle that. Or you can shut the fuck up. You know, outside of that, like, depending on the area that you go within my club, like, some chapters, they uh, they might take a more active role as far as the um, the dominant in their area is concerned, as far as, you know, blessing other chapters. And me, my part, if, you know, and I'll, I'll call it this for the, the sake of the question, but my my role, and I'll, I won't say 1%, or I'll say my role as a diamond holder in this community is, is an educator. You know, I'm here to teach other clubs how they're supposed to do things the right way, to hold people accountable in a respectful educational manner. Um, my stance on the whole diamond situation is, like, I don't really give a fuck what you put on your chest, but just make sure that you can carry the weight of whatever it is you're putting on. So you could come out straight out the gate with a three-piece and a diamond on, but you better make sure that you have the knowledge of history, the knowledge of protocol, the knowledge of just how to carry yourself as a man to be able to run in my circles. Because if I approach you and you have that kind of jewelry, I'm going to expect that you know how to handle yourself as a man who wears that jewelry properly. And if you can't, then you'll get dealt with like you should know versus like somebody in a pop-up riding club that comes up to me and says something out of pocket I can assume that you don't know what the fuck is going on because what you decided to put on your back tells me that you don't know what the fuck's going on. So that's, let me buy you a beer and explain some shit to you Mm -hmm. versus let's go take a walk outside and have a different kind of conversation. So to me, like, what does it mean to be a one percenter? Man, just having that love for the culture, having that love for the history, knowing and understanding protocol and being an ambassador to your community and an educator so that you can strengthen and push this thing to the next level. Being there for your brothers 100%, that should be that should be a staple in any club, but especially if you're going to be in an outlaw or a 1% club, you need to have that loyalty and dedication to the brotherhood, that loyalty and dedication to your patch and you know really just holding yourself to a higher standard. It's more of a responsibility to me than anything else. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think I've mentioned it once early on in one of the podcasts that to me, I looked at it very similar. Um, I think Andor asked me the question about it. And I said, I look at it like, you know, being a, a guardian at the gate to the culture, you know what I mean? To, to maintaining those standards, to help stop it from being watered down, to stop it from being diluted with, you know, people doing it, you know, the wrong way or, or, you know, and because no matter what, like at the end of the day, there's multiple clubs out there and there's multiple opinions and, you know, it helps having someone's got to kind of guide things and keep things from becoming a a powder keg. Um, And if you got everybody on board with the same, Hey, this is what's expected of me. And this is what's expected of you then, you know, it's, it, it stopped things from getting to that point of where, you know, there's that kind of stuff going on. Um, you know, if you just throw a diamond onto your chest, a, a 99% club uh, in a lot of areas would be the first ones to be like, whoa, man, who told you you could wear that? You know, especially if you're a nobody pop-up club and you're just trying to emulate something, 
you know, um, and those guys also might not have the same level of restraint. You know, 99% does not mean, you know, bitch. It doesn't mean that they're not men and can't handle themselves um, and won't take offense. Um, you know, I've got a, a club out here that in my area, they're 99 percenters. A lot of them carry themselves like one percenters. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of them are really good dudes. Um, they as a club aren't a one percent club. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to let stuff slide when they see it. Um, you know, and I, and I feel like that is more enforced by that and COCs than it is by dominance. You know, punk rock has mentioned that before in the past, um, at least in San Diego, right? Yeah. It's, it's more taken care of by the guys who, because you don't want to see that you've been doing the right thing and somebody else comes along and says, fuck all that hard work you've been doing. We're going to do what we want. You know what I mean? <clears throat> And the other thing I think the difference is with the 1% is the level of devotion and commitment that you are saying that you are giving your club and your brothers, which is to me, and it's not a lesser than, it's not a greater than. My my experience is that guys who are 1% clubs, whether it be giving their life, their freedom, whatever necessary for their club, is that's how far the commitment goes. They'll they'll give everything they've got. Whereas some guys will say, "Look at, hey man, I've got a family. I can't, you know what I mean? Or I got a job, or I've got I've got things that are holding me back." It's not doesn't make them less than doesn't make them less than a man of, but they have maybe a, just a, a little bit different of a threshold on their commitment. It's not a negative thing at all. It's it's I'd rather someone acknowledge they have those thresholds. Um, and not trying to join a game that, you know, where, where it could potentially go all the way and not be able to, um, you know, it's, it's better to be honest with what you are. You know what I mean? So that's my view as far as the 1%. Yeah, for sure, man. You, you bring up a good point with the uh, the whole 99s really kind of, you know, maintaining order among the set. And that's just like, you know, we, we get these questions in, in the inbox and these like these comments all the time about you know you especially on the other page we did a lot more posting of fuckery you yeah. know we we'd throw a, a post up there of like some stupid ass club with their like you know brand new patches that say dumb shit on it and we get all these these comments and they're like oh this is prime example of dominance not doing your job well most of those comments came from people who have never been in a one percent club yeah that, you know, never held the diamond. You know, they they don't understand the responsibility of, and that's just like not the nature of the world that we live in nowadays. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you can probably attest to it more than anybody with the amount of federal attention that our clubs get nowadays. You cannot be sitting here trying to like tell people what they can and cannot wear. You can't be sitting here trying to like force somebody to change their fucking patches. You can make suggestions and you can like try and guide people and educate people. But man, there's just there's too many eyes on us with like the pop culture explosion of it with, you know, recent events that have happened. You know, know, as far as like violence goes in the MC community, they're itching to just lock up fucking clubs. And it's it's all based on like they have all this like fake ass intel. That like doesn't it's not yeah, every single person in my chapter has a fucking job and earns their money the right fucking way. Yeah. But to the fucking feds, we're just a bunch of fucking criminals. And that's the way they're gonna treat us. So when it comes to like 
maintaining order on the set. And don't get me wrong, if you, you know, you fucking poke the bear enough times, it's going to fucking bite your ass hand. So, you know, it's, it's just what's going to happen, but we're not out here sitting trying to fucking worry about what the fuck you're wearing or what the fuck's going on. I'll, I'll sit down, I'll have a beer with you, and I'll tell you what you did fucking wrong. But I'm not going to fucking blow somebody up or fucking throw a Molotov cocktail or whatever the fuck <laughs> the rest of the fucking world that's looking at this from the outside in thinks that a one percenter is going to fucking do. Well, you you point out like that. That's exactly right. Like People are always like, well, why aren't the one percenters, why aren't the dominants doing anything? Hey, man, that's not necessarily why I became, you know, a, a, a Mongol or a chosen few. I didn't sign up because I want to go and tell dudes how to fucking dress. Yeah. <laughs> Signed up because I fucking love the dudes that I fucking ride with. Exactly. Uh, being around them. That's why I signed up. Contrary to, you know, alphabet agencies, you know, thinking I'm earning a second income. God damn, I wish I had a second income. Um, you know, it, it's not any of that. It's 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 just part of the responsibility that comes with it from being you know, people say top dog or whatever, or big clubs or whatever, and, and it kind of defaults onto us. And like you said, yeah, eventually sometimes if people are fucking running amok, eventually, you know, things, eventually a lesson gets, you know, I don't want to say handed out, but eventually people learn like, hey, man, stop fucking around. But it's always so much easier to just talk to someone and say, hey, man, like, do you understand putting on that diamond is like the equivalent of putting on a ranger tab when you didn't, you know, when you weren't actually a ranger? Do you realize that putting on that three-piece patch out of nowhere is the equivalent of, you know, deciding to put on a, a, an army uniform and you never served, you know, and people are going to take offense to that. Um, you might want to learn the culture first because a lot of guys just, they don't understand it. They jump in, think it's cool. You know, we get it a lot from the military guys, um, which Dave, or, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Punk Rock likes to point out a lot. Um, but a lot of those kids are kids who don't know any better. They think, hey, man, I'm start up a military club. This is just me and my dudes. And they don't know the culture yet. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. You know, kind of like when you first were talking about you came across club guy. And it's like, of course, people want to emulate and see that. The stuff looks cool. Bikers are cool. Fucking clubs are cool. But maybe, you know, they don't know how to jump in and they just want to do their own thing. I've had personal firsthand experience of talking to these kids and being like, hey, man. Out here in California, that's a little different. I don't know where you're from, <laughs> Arizona. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you can't there. throw on uh, a three-piece patch, you know, like it's no big deal. And totally receptive to it. And, in fact, the the first time I had that conversation, it, it wasn't quite absorbed. The second time I had it, I was like, hey, man, thought we talked. Like, what's going on? Because, you know, there's no way that it was uh, meant as a, as a disrespect. And like, oh, we didn't necessarily get it all the way. And then those guys ended up being really interested in the club scene, started becoming hanging arounds with another, you know, respected club in the area, you know, and start doing it right. And so you save those guys a lot of heartache from going with some bogus club or some fake club, you know, and they get they get a chance to start off on the right foot. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times something similar has happened where, where somebody's young, they, they show up in an event or whatever, and you're like... Like good example when we were having uh, our annual party one year, and it was uh, <laughs> it was one of my uh, 
I'm not going to say his position because that'll give him away to some people. But this is one of my brother's fucking cousins ends up riding up to the event in these brand new fucking patches, him and like three, four of his buddies. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, fuck, like you came to the wrong fucking place, man. Like, <laughs> like if you just came and like showed up at our house, we could like, yeah, come inside. Let's let's talk about this. But you literally have every diamond in the state sitting inside this bar right now and we're not going to send you into this lion's den so it was more of like a like y'all kind of fucked up go somewhere else we'll talk about this later kind of deal and those dudes ended up uh you know my my brother talked to him he got they they changed their patch up they uh they ended up doing stuff the right way you know and uh they actually dropped off an envelope to like you know this this was the money we were going to spend at you guys' event that night you know, thank you for the education. We appreciate it. And it was it was one of those things like, you know, and they came up to us uh like more recently, like, you know, just giving their gratitude for for that guidance. Yes. And you know, that's that's what this shit should really be about. You know the people that aren't gonna get that experience are the ones that don't have the ability to humble themselves to the culture that they're ultimately trying to be a part of so it really makes absolutely no sense that you would want to join something but not have any desire to to take an interest in what the foundations of that thing are you know and the part of the complication is is there's no book right you know and i talked about it with those same guys that the same way as you guys educated i said you guys wouldn't know this you're not from this area you know and and, and if less somebody kind of took wing and kind of said hey maybe go talk this way or go to this place or whatever and i think that's what we do with the page which is kind of why i do it because obviously to me i want the motorcycle club scene to grow it's the more the the better you know the more it's accepted um i just wanted to grow in the right direction you know and i think that this page is a tool i love i love when i hear guys say like hey we make our prospects you know read your eyes articles listen to your podcast things like that um, to me, that becomes like, all right, we are doing the service that we think we're doing because it's not like I don't know anybody who likes just like the only people who like enforcing rules and being dicks about it are cops. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so that's like the fucking opposite of us. None of us are like, you know what? I'm really gonna be excited to go tell this guy like how to fucking run his club or do whatever. Like you know, like no. It, you could probably give that you could probably have a, a handful of one percenters sit there and you'd be like, all right, who's gonna do it? And it's gonna be like you guys gotta sit there and Rochambeau, who's the one who has to go deal with that? Yeah. Nope wants to be that guy. See, and like I'm it's it's kind of like a weird thing because it, it just really depends on the twist that you want to throw at it. Cause to me, like one of the big things that uh that drives me to I, even being in a club is the ability to continue to like mentor people because that's something that when I got out of the military, like I lost that, that piece of my life where I had like these privates coming up underneath me that I could like groom and how are you going to be the next platoon sergeant? Like, how are you going to fucking take my shoes one day? I don't have that anymore, but I do because I'm in like a community that allows for that kind of growth. So when it comes to like, Hey, look at that fucking guy over there. He's all fucked up. Look at this dumbass cut. It's like, to me, that's like, all right, this is like an opportunity for me to like teach somebody, for me to help this guy out. You know, hopefully he's receptive to it and it can be like a good conversation. And, you know, like, you know, this could be like somebody who 
can come kick it with us one day. Like that's the ultimate goal for me. Like where people get this like tough guy, you know, Billy badass mentality. That's like that's TV and that's drama. You know, like that's not what we're sitting out there trying to fucking do. Who wants to go to a fucking bar and just like just mean mug people all day and fucking start fist fights? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, a little scrap every now and then is good for the blood, but. Fuck, dude, I got other shit to fucking do, and my hands have arthritis. I can't be fucking hitting people in the face all the time. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I mean? And but also the ramifications of what that stuff has nowadays. It's not like back in the, you know, uh, day where you could have a little scrap. Like now it's, you know, now it's, it's becomes a bigger issue. And especially like, nowadays, like if you get into, for me, I, I know for a fact, due to brothers of mine who have suffered this is that you know you get into a, a little scrap or something um not only do you get a an assault charge or a battery charge or whatever but then they throw on you know uh gang and uh gang enhancements uh street terrorism um <clears throat> all sorts of other shit all of a sudden you're being charged with kidnapping because you grabbed a yeah. guy who was trying to swing a you know a, a punch at your your brother and you know it's just it's a it's an ordeal. Nobody wants to deal with that. And then guys in our inbox are like, "Well, how come you guys are letting this slide?" I don't know. Why are you letting it slide? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that that's just like that's part of the responsibility and then the, the kind of the headache to wearing a fucking diamond, man. It's like I had a brother that got out of the joint almost a year ago, and he went in there. You know, he had previous gang affiliations, had tattoos and everything, so they stuck him in like a higher level of security and into a one of the gang units but then when his jpay account got opened up and he started like you know we're all sending him money and you know some people are sending him pictures and their colors and shit and he ended up getting pulled aside and he's like you know they're are you with chosen few and he's like no nah, those are those are just homies like i'm not <laughs> part of that thing because you know and they straight up told him like if you know if, we have to move you if this is like if you're involved with these guys like they end up upgrading your uh, your classification so like yeah. to be to be sitting in my position like knowing my brothers and knowing what we do on a day-to-day basis and to just have in the back of my head that some fucking dude who got like a half-ass fucking criminal justice degree and fucking sat jerking himself off with a bunch of other guys that like telling people what to do is going to determine that me and my brothers are more of a detriment to society than some street gang who's like out here like selling drugs and like doing drive-bys. It just fucking blows my fucking mind, dude. It's, but it's, it's the reality that we have to live in and like what we have to accept and conduct ourselves accordingly based on those misnomers of, of what we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as an example, you know, if you google my club you know the first thing that usually pops up is is an incident that happened 20 years ago you know what i mean it's the, it's the first thing like you're known for for one one bad thing but you don't get any of the you don't get any of the play for the you know there's individuals you know people trip out people know on the page that i've written for uh, before and also for ours i'm a nurse I, I take care of people for a living i might not look like one i might look like the grisliest nurse you've ever seen and people are always surprised but i literally take care of people you know uh that nobody else wants to take care of but yet i'm treated you know the same like you said when you're you're pulled aside as if you know i'm worse than al capone you know uh, yeah and you you know the 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 gang task force units and the organized crime units 
First of all, there's nothing organized about my life. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if, you, if these guys have seen bikers who are not the most organized uh, when it comes to a lot of stuff. So it's just crazy, that aspect to it. But, you know, some of those articles Blades posted recently is showing Christian clubs getting profiled, 99% clubs getting profiled. It's like, where do you draw the line? Is it just because it's an easy target to say, hey, I was these guys have things on their back and they might be cool with one percenters who are quote unquote, you know, a criminal element. I don't know, man. It's, it's insane to me. Well, to me, it's like, like the cops, like should know better. Like I would expect, like if my job was to go around fucking harassing people and like finding like real criminals, I would do my research and find out like who the fucking criminals were, you know, like, it's like, how many times have you arrested me or my brothers? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. So we're good, right? <laughs> and it's so fucking weird, man. Like, I've had, like, a mixed bag of, of experiences with the cops. You know, I've, a lot. I, and it, it's, like, kind of a rough subject because, like, some of them you have an interaction with them. You're like, that guy wasn't really fucking half bad. But then you, like, also see, like, to me, it's it's, like, what do they put up with from their coworkers? And what did they allow other people to do? Like, we got, uh, we had, uh, it was another one of our fucking annual parties, and we had some brothers from out of town. And uh, one of them was uh, up here from Vegas, and we're just riding through some back streets going from our clubhouse to one of the brothers' houses. And two people fell out of the pack. Mm-hmm. So I jumped up, like, in the suicide lane up to the front to let my road captain know, like, hey, these two guys pulled off. Uh, there's an unmarked cop car behind us the entire time. Watches me do this illegal fucking thing, right? I come back and get back in the pack, and he keeps following us. And then I finally realize, like, okay, I know who this guy is. This is, like, the same fucking cop that's always around the clubhouse harassing us, giving us shit. Um, and he waited. Followed us, like, the entire thing. We were almost at my brother's house. Waited until the guy from Vegas made a mistake. Ugh. And then he pulled us the whole pack over for that. And I'm sitting in the back of the pack, you know, you know, sweeping. So I'm the last the first one he comes to. And he uh he goes, Ride your bike to the front. I'm not after you, I'm after this guy from Vegas. Nah. The fuck? Like I'm the one that broke the fucking law, you know, like give right. me a ticket, you know. So I go up to the front, all these other cops are sitting there like like, yeah, this guy's kind of just an asshole. This is what he does, yada, yada, yada. And so it's like, you put up with this? Yeah, like, so this- you all showed up here. The whole fucking Kent Police Department showed yeah. up right now because you wanted to pull over 10 guys on motorcycles and you have to have your ratios with you. So somebody's out committing a real fucking crime and y'all are dealing with this waste of taxpayer dollars not fucking holding this dude accountable for what? Like, that's what I can't get over with. with guilty cops. by association. Them yeah. letting it slide. It, it, if if I'd have more respect if they went over and they told him like, "Hey man, come on," and like let you guys, you know what I mean, and then I'd be like, yeah. "Okay, wow, wait, these guys are actually maybe you'll get a little bit of respect," which is it's, it's almost dangerous to show uh, law respect, fucking any sort of respect nowadays in, in a lot of these countercultures. Um, it, but yeah, it's like, dude, why why are you letting that slide? You're the same guys that let it slide when. You know, a cop's kneeling on a dude's neck and can't breathe. You know, exactly. you're, you're doing those other things. Um, it, it, it's it, it's going to come to a boiling point eventually. So, you know, 
hopefully we can get some litigation down or sorry uh, legislation down here the way you guys have up there but even so there's still ways to get around it oh yeah i mean there's a reason i i told my family i'm never moving back to california like i might go fuck around in arizona where weird shit happens like like you referenced but like if i want some sun maybe i'll go fucking take a trip out and visit ken for a week <laughs> i mean don't bring anything black or long sleeves or or pants or skin don't um, bring anything black all... i thought the racist stuff was over oh I... <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but yeah just don't leave your skin in washington um yeah, so just to hit it from a little bit of a different perspective, if you were somebody who played Major League Baseball, then you have the ability and the knowledge to tell somebody about Major League Baseball. But if you played AAA ball, nobody's saying like you're not a good baseball player, but you can't tell me what you need to do to be a Major League Baseball player. Now, like both of those people are qualified to go coach high school baseball or Little League or fucking college baseball. But you can't sit there as a triple-A ball player and talk to me like you're a major league ball player. And the moment, just like you said with, with Architect, the moment you're outside of that life, you can't go around telling people, like, yeah, I play major league ball. You don't. You know, you, and this kind of leads back into, like, what we were talking about earlier with, uh, with the issues with the last page. You know, like, You've got somebody who played minor league ball for half a season. And, you know, they're, they're sitting there trying to tell people about Major League Baseball. And there's no Major League Baseball players that have your back anymore and that are supporting you anymore. And now your, your shit's kind of starting to fall apart. So it goes back to the same thing with, like, former one percenters or people that weren't in a one percent club. I'm not telling you that you don't have the chops. I'm not telling you that you don't have what it takes to be a one percenter. You know, there's fucking people sitting at Albertsons bagging groceries right now that I'm sure could fucking cut it in a fucking one percent club and, and earn their diamonds. But unless you have that fucking patch on your back and that diamond on your chest, you're not a one percenter. That's like saying that your special forces because you went to fucking ranger school. It's not even like a ranger tab. Like anybody that's in the military may have heard this. Like the tabs of school, the scrolls away of life. So you could have that scroll or that tab that says like you went to training and you did this thing. But until you live that way of life and you're in that ranger unit and you've been overseas with that ranger unit, you're not a real ranger. So don't go around telling people that you're a one percenter because you feel like one or your your homeboy told you that you got what it takes. Like it's in not, my heart. Yeah, if it's in your heart, then fucking put it on fucking put it on your chest. Prospect for a fucking one percent club. Yeah. Go through the fucking ropes, become a one percenter, valid validated, verified, and then now you can start telling people what you actually are instead yeah. of saying what you think you might be. Well, and you know, the people that usually listen to that shit, because you know, one percenters don't listen to that i've got a lot of brothers you know who have seen that that was posted on the previous page and they're like fuck that and they never you know they never listened to it and then they didn't for some of them until they found out i was writing on it 
you know, and then they're like, well, I was, you know, I'll listen to what you say and some of the other guys say, I like some of the guys stuff you say, but one percenters aren't going to hear some outsider critique the way the, the world works and go, Hey man, this guy's onto something. Especially if you don't have, like you said, the chops to back it up. See, now, and that's my problem with it is it's not like, I'm not worried about other one percenters being influenced by anything. I'm worried about those fucking guys that are sitting here, like looking at these social media pages as their source of knowledge. And now yeah. all of a sudden you got somebody that's like, doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about telling people how to do shit. It's like, you're going to get people fucked up. Yeah. It's I, irresponsible I to the community. Yeah. I don't know about it, you know, cause as far as, you know, your club's history, but mine, you know, obviously there's a, a long standing uh, history and uh, as far as a rivalry goes and every Tom, Dick and Harry that I've never met, you know, just nobody's, always when they see me at a bar or something come up they want to talk to me they want to get to know me they want to introduce um and, I, and i'm pretty polite and cordial to it and almost always they steer the correction they steer the, the conversation towards you know biker conflicts between organizations and a lot of times with the opinion of wanting to like ah oh, they should just quit and they should stop doing this and blah 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 and you're talking out of something that you have no understanding of the, the nuances. And even if you're right, I'm still not fucking listening to you. You're not part of this. Like, I, I have no interest in hearing what you have to say about something because you're not an authority on it. You know what I mean? Like, if you were another club guy, even if I disagree, I'll, I'll take it with a listen and be like, all right, hey, here's, maybe here's a different perspective. But if you couldn't even cut it and beat it in a club, why am I going to listen to you? And so the guys that are going to listen to that are guys who don't know anything. And like you said, they're going to get themselves put into positions talking the wrong way to the wrong cat. Because not all of us uh, are as uh, forgiving or uh, reasonable as as you are. You know, so uh, it, it's just unfortunate that someone would risk putting out false information. Um, on something that people take so goddamn serious. You know? Yeah, and you know, there's there's a lot of people that take what they read on our site, on the other site, they, they take that as gospel, and they yeah. base their interactions on how we tell them they should be interacting, and it's that's a huge responsibility in itself, and I treat it as such. And, it, yeah, it's, it's almost painful to see some of the stuff that's been coming out and, like, the direction that it's going because you know honestly like I think we're kind of like tiptoeing back and forth between two subjects right now but like I can't say that I hate the man you know and you know just to be overt about it I'm talking about preach right now like he created something that is a beautiful fucking thing yeah. like Sucker Free MC has had has is was this potential to be like very educational and very useful to our entire culture. That's why we all started um, writing for it. What's that? So that's why we all started writing exactly, for it. Exactly, man. It's like there, there's a part of me that has a lot of love and respect for that man because of that. You know, that there's there's that piece. But love and hate are not opposites of each other. They can happen in the same breath. So 
do I wish any ill on him? No, I wish him the best. I, and I, you know, I said this on my way out, you know, and, and I said, cause I gave those guys basically a two weeks notice. I told them like, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with the way you guys are handling this situation. Like you're really showing your ass. You're not showing class or character. And I'm not going to be involved in something like that. And I tried to have conversations throughout my like time leaving, but I told him, I said, I'll give you two weeks. I'll give you everything I have for two weeks. I'll help these new guys that you're bringing on staff get you know acquainted with everything i shared all the graphics that i had i gave them my entire archive of articles said run them whenever the fuck you want like i hope that that page is successful i don't ever want to see it fucking bollywood you know that it it pains me to see where it is now because it was given credibility and it was given respect based on the the men that we now have at four for the road and if they don't come back and, and find that same type of dynamic again it's it's going to go in the wrong direction because you know I'm sorry but Preach can't tell anybody how to be a one percenter he's not he never has been and you know to my knowledge he's never claimed to be but you know if, if you got a, a page that's going to talk about that world and you're going to talk about that world like I'm a major league baseball player. You're a fucking little league baseball coach. So don't tell me how to play baseball. Well, you know, the thing is, he's a great writer. He's a great fucking writer. The guy's intelligent. He's a great writer. I like a lot of the stuff he says. And that's the thing with a salesman or anybody who may not be, you know, uh, what they say they are. If you can make people think it, you know, with, with words and you're given that credibility you know, he might not outright say he's one percent, but he's inferred it, things like that. And so, if he takes what, you know, what I mean, like one of the things he said was the the racism thing, and you should leave your club if they have a, a race policy on it. You're going to tell some brand new guy who maybe maybe that that policy bothers them. You know what I mean? I, I'm not a fan of those policies. I don't like them, but I understand the reason for it. You're going to tell him to stop being a voice of change from the inside, potentially. Instead, you're telling him to say, hey, F you to all of his brothers. And what if he takes that thinking he's being righteous and and does the wrong thing? You know what I mean? Where he could have made an, an impact from the inside eventually. That's crazy to me for one man's ego, you know, that, yeah. that, that that's going to happen. Um, and people trust when someone sounds like they know what they're talking about. She definitely sounds like he knows what they're talking about. Then you listen. You know what I mean? So that, that's always been that, – that's where my, my, my concern started to come from um, on topics that were also, you know, a questionable. So well, that's part of the reason I didn't want to leave the page is because, I, you know, you got those you – know, just like you're talking about the race thing. You, know, you have those people in these, these big clubs that do have race policies. You know, that, that's something I'm not familiar with, you know, just being in the, in the club that I'm in. But I, I respect it and I understand it because I respect and I understand tradition. And I also respect that it's not my fucking club, so it's not my fucking business. But to call somebody a racist and, you know, like the person that he was, you know, subliminally inferring was racist, we all know is not fucking racist. So yeah. that was like, you know, that's the biggest fucking thing for me is like, you know, I wanted to be on that page continuously after that because i didn't want the message to turn sour i wanted to be that voice of change of that person that's like 
okay, I understand that this is fucked up right now, but maybe I can help. Yeah. And it, it just it was when you know they started letting somebody get on there who doesn't write for the page doing like a little public relations campaign and just bla- bashing everybody. And it's like I'm not going to sit here and like silently listen to you disparage the reputations of men that I hold in high regard. Yeah. It's, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to like shit talk my buddies with me right here. And, you know, un- until we can have a face-to-face conversation about that, maybe it's best we just go our separate ways. Yeah. Well, that's the big thing for me, too. Like, I can't, uh, you know, stand by and listen. First of all, in my world, calling a dude a bitch or a cunt or any of those demasculine, like, I don't care who you are. I'd never tolerate that. I'd never tolerate someone saying that to my buddy's face, to one of my brother's faces. So if you can't operate on the internet as you would face to face with someone, I can't, I can't respect you. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's, that's just as far as that goes. Um, yeah, man. Especially, especially someone like the, the person we know he was saying it to. You're like, it's like one yeah. of those fucking gentlemen you want to say that to. Yeah. I mean, you can take all the gym selfies you want, but I'll kick you in the fucking shin. Yeah, right, right. Um, do we have anything else we want to go over? Well, Rock? No, I'm, I'm just sitting here learning, man. Use use your words. <laughs> oh, you want me? To use... Well, hey, man, no, I'm just mind. Mind. I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we're just, I'm sitting here. I'm learning from no shame, and um, you know, um, it's kind of like we we uh, we said kind of when we were started recording. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Um, I'm not a one percent. I don't feel like I have any. I mean, I have yeah, like I have opinions, but I don't feel that I should voice them just because I'm not a one percenter. I've never been through that. I don't. I feel like people in my position have a right. Like we have our assumptions, but we don't have a right to speak on what a one percenter is or what a one percenter should be. And the only thing that we can speak on is the only thing I did speak on is can you be a one percenter and not be in a one percent club? Fuck no. That's it. But, but and three percenters are not a real thing too. I'm a three percenter though. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm getting the tattoo. I'm I'm not even in a club right now, but I'm gonna get a diamond with three percenter in it, and I'm gonna put it on my back. It's just gonna be a big ass diamond on my back. You would, you would be surprised how many cats do that. Uh, before we <laughs> close out here, um, I got a question for you. Uh, no shame. How do you feel about? Um, Clubs deciding to step up and become one percent of clubs, going from the ninety nine percent, deciding that we're a one percent now. Um, you know, if someone did that in, in your neck of the woods, um, what, what do you think of that kind of situation? It actually happened in my neck of the woods uh, not too long ago. I, was, I don't know how much detail i should really go into with it but most of that club is, is no longer with that club anymore and it's not because that club wanted to step up and and do something it's because they didn't do it the right way so there are definitely people you should talk to if that is uh the desire uh and there's definitely a process that you should go through you know you can always do it the quick down and dirty way, which is slap it on and see if you got what it takes to hold it. You know, you could put on a diamond as long as you can carry the weight. 
Um, but if you want to be respected and you want people to look at you in a proper way, I mean, you should definitely not go from a one piece mom and pop, you know, uh, co-ed club to all of a sudden you're rocking three pieces and a diamond. Like there's levels to this shit. And, you know, as, as you progress in this life, you start learning what those levels are. So you could go from a one piece to a two piece, eventually graduate to a three piece, spend some time there, learn what it means to be a fucking traditional outlaw club. And then, you know, if, if you're recognized, somebody might tell you that that might be your, your ticket through the door. But if you just want it, you know, have conversations with people and tell them what you're planning on doing. And those conversations, I'm going to give you guys a fucking secret. This is like, this is gold. So take fucking notes to the listeners. When you sit down with a one percenter, they're going to tell you what they want you to do. Even if they don't really want you to do that. Just because they want to see, do you have the fucking balls to tell me, no, I'm going to do it this way. And that's like where the respect comes from. You know, if if a club that was a respected three-piece club that's been on in, in, in the community for a while, been do, like, you know, and I'm talking like five, 10, 15 years, you know, you, you've been in the game and you come and you sit down at my table and you say like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And I told you like, I don't advise that you put a diamond on. And if you told me like, you know, I appreciate that, but respectfully, we're not asking for permission. We're just, you know, giving you the courtesy to tell you what we're doing. I respect you a whole hell of a lot more than if you, one, just slapped it on without talking to me, or two, you said, oh, yeah, you know, you're right. Like, can you tell me when I should put my diamond on? Like, you obviously ain't fucking ready, bud. So yeah. when when you can sit at my table and tell me to my face that I'm going to rock a diamond, I respect your opinion, but I'm doing what I'm going to do, and I see that you have the knowledge and understanding of protocol and tradition then I'm more apt to respect what you're doing. And then that respect across the board is only going to come with time. You know, if, if you try and go around playing mom and pop games, allowing your you and your club to be extorted by other one percenters, you know, you're going around like, hey, what do I got to do to earn a diamond? These guys are going to take advantage of you, man, just because you're a fucking dumbass punk. So... They're going to sit there and they're going to tell you, like, yeah, you know, if, if you come to our parties and, you know, give us fucking this much money, we'll put you on the right path to becoming a one percenter. And then you go down to the next fucking guy and you're like, hey, what can you offer? It's not fucking car sales, bro. You figure out what the fuck you stand for. Figure out the life a little bit. And you can graduate. It's not unheard of. But it does take time and it does take work. Or all of a sudden you find out you're wearing a support diamond. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, I I think that is well spoken and well said. Anything else, uh, punk rock? No, man. I think we're I think we're good. You got any You got any parting words? No shame. Hey, I just uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, thank you to all the the listeners and the readers. You know. Uh, yeah, we, I I do it for you guys. I'm, I know these guys do it for the same thing. So. You know, appreciate you guys' support. Let us know if, if there's anything that you want us to cover, if you want me to cover. I know I don't put articles up as much as I used to, but um, it's coming. I just, 
hectic time in my life right now. But yeah, you know, buy a house always, to uh, your, your ta- uh, was it your table? Yeah, I built a fucking dining room table, and it was too big for my dining room, so I sold my house, and now I'm trying to find a, a house that's big enough to fit the dining room table in. <laughs> so uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're we're like three weeks away from moving into the new house that'll fit my dining room table. Oh yeah, Dude, that, I don't know, man. To me, that's just a boss move. Be like, oh, set this whole fucker on fire. <laughs> yeah. Look, you can't get a home loan on drug dealer income because you need pay stubs. So that should tell you right now that one percenters aren't criminals. There you go. Exactly. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on. No shame. Uh, it was a good chat. And uh, do your thing there, punk rock. Yeah, absolutely. So hey, guys, uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We're streaming on whatever the fuck you're listening to us on, man. Uh, we do have a list of streaming services on our Facebook page if you want to go there for for the road. Um, and yeah, we we appreciate all the love and support. Um, I think uh, tomorrow, so Saturday or uh, Sunday, I'm gonna be doing my little my little follow up. I like to check in with people uh, just to let them know like what we got going on behind the scenes. And speaking of behind the scenes, I do want to say one more thing to no shame. Um, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but he does all of our graphics. Uh, he does. He did the banner. Um, I think the only thing that he didn't do that we use is the a whole fucking shit ton for the road. <laughs> I think that was. A, I think that was a, one of the what, like a fan submission, right? Oh, you, you got to give some love to uh, to Chris too. He he had uh, that three day free trial of that app, and he busted oh, he had out a bunch like, of graphics. Like yeah, he was pumping out graphics. Look like <laughs> shameful. Is how <laughs> mean, like, yeah, but. But yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's 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 a pleasure to do it. Absolutely, man. You know, and I think that's a you know, I just kind of want to throw my two cents in here before I stop recording it. I think that's what kind of sets us apart from other pages is that, you know, we're we're a team. We're you know, people know us. You know, we're not doing it for one guy. You know, we're not like working for somebody else. You know, it's like nobody here's in charge. Nobody here has the like the final fucking say on anything. Like, you know, we're we're a team. We're a family, and it's. I think that that's what sets us apart. But yeah, so fuck everybody that doesn't like us, and uh, go follow our social media for dumb shit that we post. <laughs>